Welcome back to another episode of The Top Step. My name is Ryan Roland-Smith. Now, before we get started on this episode, I just want to say a huge welcome to a lot of new listeners uh, back home in Australia. Welcome, guys, around the US and now Canada. God, I guess that's what James Paxton does. He gets the, my Canadian friends, my Commonwealth buddies onto this podcast, but uh, hopefully enjoying it. Uh, if you hadn't had a chance, make sure you go back and listen to some of the, the older episodes. We start off with Marco Gonzalez, Dan Altavilla, Rick Riz. There's a lot of good ones in there, and hopefully this is getting you through that workday or that workout, and, and you can tell your friends about it, and you can click that subscribe button wherever you listen to this podcast. Now, on this episode, I have one of my best friends joining me, a guy who's played 10-plus years in the big leagues, MLB All-Star, pitching the World Series, been to the Olympics, and... Most importantly, a fellow Aussie, Grant Balfour. Welcome to the show. Now, I know a lot of you guys see Grant in his days with Oakland and Tampa with the Balfrage and the wanting to fight everyone. But this, this is a guy who's meant a lot to me in my career. He's been a mentor, a sounding board, and without him, I wouldn't have had some of the successes I've had or learnt what I've learnt without him being in, in my corner. So I'm really excited about this episode and I uh, hope... You can excuse the silliness that goes on, a lot of laughs in this next hour, a little bit of immaturity, but um, he gets to a lot of good stories and it's a lot of fun. Now, I started this podcast because some of my favorite memories in the big leagues were standing on the top step of the dugout with teammates hearing their story and being inspired by their journey. And like I said, a lot of you know Grant for the Balfrage, a crazy Aussie showing up in the ninth inning. Long before that, he was a skinny kid. Yep, that's right. Grant, if you're listening, you were skinny. He signed for a bit of cash and was ready to outwork everyone in front of him. He also overcame a shoulder and elbow injury two years on the DL before the Milwaukee Brewers gave him a shot, sent him to double A and said, you figure it out. He worked his way all the way back to the big leagues. And uh, a lot of people wrote him off as broken goods. But all of a sudden, the Grant Balfour that we all remember came after all the setbacks. It's an amazing story that's coming up in this next hour. Now, if you're enjoying these conversations, these journeys from all my guests, please click that subscribe button below. Or go check out www.thetopstep.com for all the episodes, videos. I'll put clips of this up. And I'll also have something really special for this episode coming up very soon. I'm working on it. Just bear with me. And this episode's also going to be available on my Facebook page. That'll be available Wednesday evening. And you can sit and watch Grant and I have a couple laughs. Okay, sit back, relax, throw those headphones in, get that workout finished, enjoy this episode as Grant Balfour joins me on the top step. No matter what happens, Ryan Roland Smith has something to tell his grandkids right here. First appearance of the big leagues. <laughs> Thanks to Hall of Famer. <laughs> Especially if he strikes them out. Here comes a one-two pitch to Junior now. The breaking ball, he struck him out. Yeah, that will be a story for the rest of his life <laughs> as he strikes out Ken Griffey Jr. And the inning is over. But what an inning it was. And... Welcome, champion. It's taken, by the way, it's taken way too long. I wanted to get you on here every other week because we have some good stories, right? So uh, welcome, mate. What have you been up to? Oh, mate, uh, with this pandemic going on, you know, it's, it's been a bit rough. <laughs> but, um, you know, we're down here in Florida, mate. Uh, you know, look outside, there's blue sky, sun shining, and uh, yeah, beautiful weather. Outside jumping on the, the trampoline with the kitties and uh, doing a bunch of homeschooling, mate. Yeah, that, that's awesome. You, I called you earlier, mate. You were, you were nose deep in the homeschool. You were ripping mate, in. I was in. Mate, I was in the books. I didn't get in the books as a young man. I was in the, I'm, in the, I'm into them now. <laughs> 
you, you were like, you know, you were upset with the teacher. You were talking about some music assignment. Uh, yeah, Straight I wasn't into happy. it. Mate, I wasn't happy. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you what. There's all this new age computer stuff and all this, um, you know, there's no more textbooks, textbooks anymore. You know how that goes. All this stuff's done on the computer. I know, mate. All yeah. virtual. So, yeah. yeah, mate, you know, old bloke like me, um, <laughs> you know, trying to get around uh, trying to get around that. It was a little bit of a... Yeah, a task, but yeah, I got it done. Florida's uh, a little bit more lenient on the old quarantine rules too, right? Yeah, mate, they, they just opened the beaches up again. So you uh, wait, were you, were you, I thought I saw you as one of these jokers down on the beach, you know, about a ah. month ago. <laughs> <laughs> Playing some volleyball. Mate, you know, they, I don't know what they're doing down there. There's, there was, uh, you know, it was St. Paddy's Day. Yeah. The place was the place was packed, mate. <laughs> Just jam packed, you know, like sardines. You couldn't get in the place down there. Yeah. And then um, the next day, they dropped the coronavirus, and uh, everyone's at home. You know, that yeah. was it. That was when it all shut down. The um, yeah, it's it's been nuts, mate. I mean, it's it's crazy too. Do you? I mean, you're obviously retired now. Do you keep up with any baseball? I mean, are you still watching games when the season's on? Yeah, mate. Yeah, you know, I took a couple of years off. I, you know, got into some stuff down here, into um, yeah, in the stock market here and whatnot, and into um, buying some properties and real estate and things like that, and flipping properties. And um, over the last three years, I've sort of started to focus a bit more with baseball. I'm doing a little bit of coaching myself, and um, definitely back into watching the games and, and following it for sure. Yeah, you um, you and I met 2005. I'm going to dive into how – well, not we didn't meet. I mean, we met before that, but we kind of hit it off. You know, got a chance to spend spring training 2005. It's funny, a mate of mine, uh, I, I put out on – I think it was on Facebook. I said, oh, I've got Balfour on, on, the, on the podcast. And this is actually before I even, even tried to schedule a time in for you. I know you're busy. But he wrote a message saying, how are you going to get through that and be serious because a lot of these episodes I've done have been pretty serious. You know what I mean? I said, mate, I, I got no idea <laughs> I don't know where this is going about 20 minutes from now. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, mate, is we never are too serious. We try to keep it laid back, and I think that's you know how we got along. You know, mate, I've seen you. I've seen you. They do interviews. I mean, you get pretty locked in. I mean, you, you like flick a switch, yeah. and you're like you're like a young Ray Hadley. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, mate, I mean, it depends on what we're talking about, you know? If, it, if we're, um, you know, it depends on the topic, I suppose. Yeah, yeah you, <laughs> you're um, like a young Blocker Roach, mate, on the, on the continuous uh, call team. Mate, uh, Blocker's a legend. He still is. He's still doing the games. And, um, you know, come May 28 here, I'll be, I'll be watching him for sure. Can't yeah, wait. I have to give some reference to, you know, a lot of people listening. Ray Hadley's a radio legend. <laughs> back in Australia, but he used to have a show. And this is something you and I kind of bonded over when, when we did get to hang out in 2005, that spring training, you know, we both kind of had similar backgrounds. Your dad was involved in rugby league, you know, back in Australia. So was my dad. And, yeah. um, you know, it's funny. So like, you know, all the same childhood memories I had cruising around, you know, with my dad, you know, on a weekend was the same as you. And, and I never forget, I brought up the 1332 open line number, whatever it was, the Ray Hadley, the continuous call team where they went around the grounds and boom, you knew exactly what I was talking about. Oh, yeah. That was was legendary. You know, we used to drive home from Leichhardt Oval and the 1332 call in, you'd call in, if you could get in, you'd be ringing and ringing and ringing, (laughs) trying to get them, speak to Blocker or Ray or one of the boys, you know, just bring up whatever they're talking about. 
Yeah, it was basically just just to have a ripping session of that weekend of your team if they lost. They got yeah. crushed by 40. There you go. You're on the radio chatting, talking away. Loved it. And then the, the thing I loved is they'd, you know, they'd sort of cut off the caller and they'd be like, oh, hang on a second. Got to duck over here to uh, like our oval. They've got to kick the cum. They've just gone into the corner. It's like it's around 22, 16 with a kick to come. Yeah. <laughs> and then they, yeah, then they just click straight to the next one. It, it was gold. But going back to 2005, so, you know, leading into that, you'd obviously been an established, you know, big leaguer at that point. I was still some scrub in, in, in A-ball. I, I was a little bit younger than you. I remember we had ran into each, we'd ran into each other back in, you know, Sydney, you know, whether it was like a, you know, like a, a state team or, or, or training or something like that. And, uh, you know, you were all, obviously, you were always the shit back then. And, and you had all these young guys trying to, you know, come up and the whole thing. But I never forget, I get rule five to the twins in 2005. And again, I, I, I was clueless, mate. I went into that spring training. I felt like I was like, it was like a Make-A-Wish Foundation kid or something getting a crack at, at, at having a go. I had no chance. I had no chance of making that team. That's what it felt like. Anyway. But I'll never forget your dad. Your dad. I contacted your dad and said, "Oh, hey, any chance you can give me Grant's number?" You know, I was a bit intimidated to call you because, again, you were, you know, you were already playing in the big leagues, the whole thing, and you know, looked up to you and everything else. And you called me back on my home phone. I remember at my house in, in Newcastle, and you're like, "Yeah, how you going, mate?" I'm sitting here, oh, man. I'm talking to I'm talking to Grant Balfour on the phone. I couldn't believe it. And you said, "Yeah, I'll pick you up from the airport, right in in, um, yeah. in Fort Myers," and. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Sure enough, I fly over all the way from Australia, fly over, I'm stuck in Chicago or something. And they basically said to me, they said, look, your flight's canceled. Sorry, you're going to have to stay here for a couple of days. They said, you got one option. You can fly into, again, I was 20 years old or 21 years old, whatever. I had no idea about the, geogra- the geographical situation of airports around Florida. I just thought, you know, I'll just go with them. And they said, you can fly into Fort Lauderdale. You can fly in there. And then I was like, all right. So then I called you. I think I woke you up or something. I said, hey, mate, I said, I'm not, because I said, oh, my flight's canceled. And I, <laughs> you basically drove across the state to pick me up at like two o'clock in the morning. And the whole time I'm sitting there going, man, I've just ruined this. This dude's never going to want to speak to me ever again. But I remember, I remember driving over and, and uh, after that, mate, we, we just hit it off. I mean, all, all the bogan Aussie stuff, you know, that we, we're probably going to crap on with, you know, in the next hour with this. But also just, I mean, we, we just, you know, we hit it off, mate. And that, I, that story that I'll never forget that. I've told so many people that story. So I appreciate you picking me up, driving across, uh, what's it called? The alley? What's the alley called? Uh, alligator alley, mate. <laughs> what were you thinking, mate? When you were sitting in the airport going, who's this dude? Oh, mate, I was just hoping I didn't run out of petrol on the alligator alley. <laughs> <laughs> I should get stuck out there. It's like getting stuck out on the Nullarbor planes, mate. There's nothing in between. <laughs> That's right. And you would drive like a maniac too. Like you had oh, that yeah. car, the thing was like just souped up wherever it was flying. It's three o'clock in the morning. I'm sitting there going, oh man, who is this dude? Yeah, oh, I was just funny. thinking a, a to B, mate. Just thinking about A to B, you know, yeah. get home. But we had to get up early and go train that, that next day. So yeah, we did. Yeah, we it did. It wasn't spring too much time. Yeah, spring training was about to start. But mate, at that point in your career, that was 2005, the year before that, you've that was the first time pitching the playoffs, right? The year before that with the Twins? Uh, yeah, I pitched in 2003 and 2004 in the playoffs. That's right. Yeah. That's yeah. right. So, again, like I said, man, I mean, you at that point, because I met you, you were really at a crossroads in your career. You are finishing up with the Twins. Yeah, and you didn't know it at that point. You, we were in spring training hanging out, having a blast, by the way. You, me, and Willow was there too. 
it, it, was, it was awesome. I mean, <laughs> my accent went through the roof. Like my Aussie accent went through the roof. It, it was unreal. But I remember the whole spring training, all you did, and, and no offense, but you were like, dude, my arm, I can't, I can't throw. And, and I remember you kept going in the training room. They said, oh, we're just going to try and rehab it, rehab it. And you said, look, I need to get a second opinion. Yeah, that was, um, it was, it was kind of like that. You know, I mean, I felt some pulling in the elbow area. I just knew it wasn't right. I'd thrown enough baseballs in my time to know how my arm feels, what's wrong, what's right. And, you know, and it's, it's tough to know sometimes. You throw, you try to ice it, you try to do this, you try to rehab it. Eventually, we went and got the MRI and, and, and uh, basically it said there was some damage there to the UCL. So, you know, we got, um, had to make a few decisions there of which doctor I was going to go and see. So, they called the agent and we made those decisions and uh, went up and saw Dr. Kremchuk in Cincinnati. And, and yeah, mate, we uh, ended up um, going and cutting it open and, and getting some work done. You had, you're in a situation where you said, look, I need a second opinion. The twins are like, no, no, we're just going to try and rehab it. But you knew, you knew there was something up, right? Yeah, I mean, I knew it wasn't right. You know, it was, it, it just kind of, like I said, you get to know your own body when you play enough. And, um, you know, when you know that you go in there, there's an MRI and you see there's a tear in there. Yeah. yeah sometimes you can rehab it and come back from it. And um, that, that could have been possible. But, um, you know, it's just uh, it's here nor there, I suppose. It's hard. It's a really hard one to choose over. But, when uh, you oh. when you flew up to Cincinnati, right, to go get, we basically got a second opinion. You flew up to go get to get your surgery done. Yeah. The twins. It, that's where it kind of that relationship just deteriorated at that point. Uh, it seemed to. I guess it did. Um, what ended up happening was I ended up um, going in and have exploratory surgery. Mm-hmm. So at the time I had exploratory surgery and uh, yeah, they took a look inside there and they said, yeah, it's going to need Tommy John surgery. Basically they stitched it back up. I left and um, went back to Minnesota. And from that point there, they said, yeah, he's going to need Tommy John surgery instead of having it done there. And then I went back three weeks later, once the uh, inflammation went down, went back three weeks later and they performed the Tommy John surgery. Gotcha. Yeah. I, I just, I remember that it was a whole thing, man, because I mean, you were pretty, yeah, we're having a good, we're having a blast, having fun in spring training, but you were yeah. pretty miserable, dude. I remember I'd I'd bring up any story, like anything and everything would just revert back to, Oh yeah, today it feels like this. Or, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that's all, that's, you were just so uh, consumed by it. Yeah, mate, it's hard. I mean, that's, that's your life, you know, and that's, um, that's your career right there. You look at your arm, your elbow, your shoulder, whatever it was. And, and it actually was, you know, my elbow, I'd thrown with it the year before and thrown through a lot of things and, um, and through my shoulder actually a lot the year before. And uh, what ended up actually happening was I had the Tommy John surgery and four and a half months later after I rehabbed it and everything like that, they basically went in and just cut my shoulder open and did the labrum and rotator cuff as well. That's right. So I had it, I had it all done within five months. I had that small little exploratory surgery, Tommy John, and rotator cuff and labrum surgery. So, I mean, I was pretty cut, mate, to say all this. <laughs> <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah, dude, I, and I just remember, man, because he was a dude who was, you know, your career was doing this, you know, 2004, 2005, you deal with that. And we had conversations. You told me you would get to, you went back to, you wanted to rehab in Minnesota. 
right? Yeah. And you'd walk into the clubhouse and there wasn't even a locker there for you. Yeah, mate, it was a bit, a bit, bit hairy, I suppose. <laughs> it was, um, you know, I, I did want to rehab up there because I had my house up there and I felt that uh, I had some good medical stuff up there, big league medical stuff up there. And I just wasn't sure about down in Florida what, what I was going to be yeah. doing. I knew I'd been down there so many times too, rookie ball and so hot and this and that. And um, so, yeah, they, they gave me the option and I ended up rehabbing it up in Minnesota. But uh, I didn't really feel a place there in the clubhouse. Like I said, I, I went in and it wasn't even a locker for me. So I just used to put the stuff on the floor and go and do my rehab. And, and that was kind of it. Yeah, it's, it's amazing because, you know, back in October last year, we, you came down, you know, we had our, um, by the way, I love the hat. Next Gen Baseball, love it. I, pre- I appreciate you wearing the hat. I was going to wear mine too, but I was having a good hair day. So I kept it out, you know. But, uh, uh, I noticed that. <laughs> <laughs> Push the, head, the head, headphones back. But uh, in October, you told some of the – because some of the kids are looking at you, Aussie kids, they're looking at you going, just thinking it was all roses, mate. From when you signed to come over, you just, you know, oh, Grant Balfour's a hard worker, he throws gas, boom, he's going to the big leagues. You told a story, though, and that was kind of – that's what I meant with the, the turning point in your career. With the Twins, you had your surgery, you'd walk in, and you just felt like you weren't a part of anything. You know, they're, they're, they're obviously, you know, you had a good history there because you were in the playoffs a year prior and everything else. But all of a sudden, it was this, this feeling of you're kind of getting pushed to the side in a sense because you've had your surgery, you know what's going to happen. And then you end up getting, I think you got DFA'd at the end of that year. Yeah, I did. I, um, you know, I rehabbed and, you know, was, you know, I was on the big league roster and I guess they needed to make a spot. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't blame them for that. You know, those spots are hard to come by. Yeah. You know, and we're talking about the whole world of baseball here. So, yeah, ended up losing that spot. And um, Cincinnati uh, picked me up. They picked me up straight away. And basically, yeah. honestly, I uh, was back in Australia. Those days, I'd fly back home. Yeah. I spent a little bit of time in Minnesota. I had a house up there at the time. It was the first, first year I actually bought a place up there. Right. And um, <laughs> I'd stay up there and then get to about oh, – Zero or minus ten, I'd be like, oh, all right, I'm out of here. I head back to Australia <laughs> for, for another Aussie summer. And it was just a lot easier to, you know, prepare and get ready to come back for another spring training too. Do you and, uh, uh, go ahead, sorry. No, so I, I mean, I got that call. Actually, I was coming back to the Twins, to be honest with you. I thought I was coming back for the to spring training with the Twins for another year in 2006. And um, my agent calls me. I get off the plane and land in Florida. My agent calls me and says, the Reds have just picked you up. I said, what? He said, yeah, the, the Cincinnati Reds just picked you up. Jump in your car, get your car, grab your stuff, and um, just head on up to uh, Sarasota. It's about an hour up the road, and you're laughing. I was in big league camp with the Reds. <laughs> but you weren't pitching because you were still rehabbing, right? Yeah, I mean, I was, I was still going through a lot of rehab. I mean, I had the shoulder done as well, like I said. So that was, you know, I was still baby yeah. steps. And they knew that. And they were, they were prepared to, you know, continue that rehab process with me and get me back into games. And there was a plan for them. Yeah. And that shoulder surgery is no joke, right? I mean, you have that. You walk out of there. What are the chances of getting back to 100%? Uh, mate, it, it, I mean, it was, you know, they were trying to tell me it's, it's, it's a pretty – pretty slim chance of having Tommy John and then the shoulder and, and the uh, labrum and a rotator cuff having it all done at once like that. Yeah, you know, the chances of coming back are pretty slim. You know, there's a chance yeah. that you might not throw as hard again. 
even if you do come back, you might, you know, you definitely might not have that velocity and whatnot. But um, yeah, so. Because I'm leading to 2007, you and I, we lived at Snelling's house. You remember that for spring training? Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. so you've gone from 2005 to basically, you know, the twins, you know, sort of in a sense, like you said, need a roster spot, you know, push you aside. And, and that's the, the darkest days, man, in your career. There you are. You're dealing with injuries. You don't know. You have that thought in the back of your head that I've got a 30% chance of coming back to full, you know, full strength, whatever it is. And then you get picked up by the Reds. You're kind of floating around trying to, you know, and you're a competitive dude, as everyone knows, mate. It's funny. Every time, every time I bring up, oh, yeah, Grant, one of my best mates, they're like, oh, is, is, he, is he a lunatic? Or <laughs> it's like, <"Nah." laughs> But we were in spring training together in 2007. And at that point, were you on the roster at that point with the, you, with the, yeah. with the, the Brewers? Yeah. 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 Well, the Brewers, Brewers ended up um, claiming me. That's right. The Reds. Yeah, so I was on the big league roster with uh, Milwaukee. But you, you and I, first of all, we're in spring training together at Snelling's house, right? Now, you, now if you don't mind me saying this, you, know, no. you get a little OCD, you're a clean freak. <laughs> like, oh, no. yeah, yeah. Probably the most OCD dude I've ever met, right, by far. I mean, you've got, next to you, you have a little shuffleboard in your house, you have the, the little dust buster. <laughs> 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 That's our crap. <laughs> Oh, we used to, by the way, me and, and Willow, that spring training in 05, um, yeah. we'd sit there at your place and you'd have all the drinks on the coasters. We would just slide the coaster out underneath the cup and just wait <laughs> <You> and, see, <laughs> and see how long it took you to slide that thing back under there. But um, no, wouldn't, have been, wouldn't have been long, mate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there, we, there we are, because you were with the Brewers, I was with the Mariners, 2007. And uh, yeah, it, it was a lot of fun, dude, but... Two things. One thing that, that you know, drove us nuts are those three bulldogs running around the house. <laughs> Just no, no training, no obedience. And if Snell, Chris Snelling's listening to this, mate, clean it up because, <laughs> because they were just... Good, Snell. <laughs> and you had mate, to make sure... Go oh, ahead. No, mate, we'd sit on the couch and I'd be afraid to sit on the couch some days, oh, yeah. but I'd come home and I'd say, it's all I'd have to sit somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> Like you three bulldogs next to you, <laughs> ass right in your face, farting and whatnot. Oh and those dogs, when they fart, I'll tell you what, mate, you know about it. I know, mate. And the, and the oh. other part of it too is you had to keep the back door closed. Remember that? Yeah. Or they just go straight to the pool. Straight, straight to the pool, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that. But again, there no, we are. It was like a Dutch oven. It was like the worst Dutch oven oh, you've ever had. Mate, it was brutal. <laughs> the whole house, mate. And again, Snell, appreciate you letting us stay at your house. And it's funny, he was over in Florida and, and um, you know, he, uh, we're trying to give him money too. We're trying to pay for him, pay for the, and he just would never cash the check. Like we tried to write him a check. He just, he's like, yeah. nah, it's all good. You looked after my dogs. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, they're great. <laughs> <laughs> I looked after him. Nah, he's a great bloke. He's a top bloke, Snell. Yeah, now I appreciate that, Snell. And, um, yeah, it's uh, he's by the way, he's still a big deal up here in Seattle. Everyone's like, Oh, what's Snelling up to? I swear to God, mate. I saw a yeah. guy, a guy stopped me down at the park literally two weeks ago. I was running oh. the 20, I was running about 20 miles, no big deal, sure. yeah, <laughs> but, uh, just during quarantine, yeah, <laughs> yeah, <awesome>. exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but um, now he stopped me, he goes, Oh, hey, Mariners, he's talking about he goes, Oh, what's Snelling doing? He's still his name still pops up here and there. I think yeah. he's living, he's living east of Seattle coaching and doing some other stuff but uh you know big shout out to chris snelling but i remember that spring training you, they you got taken off the roster 
and they were sending you back to double A. So here's a dude already had a good couple of years pitching the playoffs, and they said, We're sending you back to double A. And I'm not going to lie, mate. I sat there, it's yeah. like, Mate, this dude's career, he's done. Like, I, not, not yeah. he's done, but you, mate, you were miserable. But at the same time, yeah. dude, it, it was, what was that, what was that like, mate? When, when you were in a situation there, you're with the Brewers, new team, they DFA you, and they're going to send you back to double A. Yeah, well, I mean, it was, you know, they, they give you the spiel and say, you know, we've got plans for you, but we need you to get some innings in. So it was, I kind of, I, I was on board with it and I understood what the situation was. I, pre- I appreciated the opportunity they had at the time. Um, and um, so I was very understanding towards it in some ways. And in other ways, I'm like, geez, I'm going to back to double A, you know, like, it's a, yeah, yeah. this is a hard one to take, you know. <laughs> But um, it's kind of like getting knocked back down again. But I also knew that, hey, you know, I was, I was coming back. I had to rehab. I had to work my way back. So, yeah, yeah I ended up in uh, Mobile, Alabama, mate. Oof, tell you what. <laughs> I need about three undershirts down there and a couple of game jerseys just for the first inning. Yeah. Right, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Mate, it's hot as balls in there. Yeah. Right. 100 degrees and sweating like a pig, mate. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> But yeah, I got it done. Mate, I think I had a couple of bats down there. I laid one down the line, little little slash bump. Nearly, nearly beat it out, mate. I thought it was going to be the first hit of your career. Any, any hits in your career? Nah, none, mate. None. None whatsoever. Nothing? No, no, balls Nothing. To, no balls to put up in that office? A couple of hits? Nah, mate. A couple of punchies, that's it. Just a couple of punchies. That's, but, a, pretty, uh, that's a pretty impressive... Uh, what you got? You got your fax machine back there? You got your photocopier? Uh, Mate, I got it all back here. I got all kinds of stuff. I can't, you know, I can't show you because I'd have to lift up my PC here. But yeah, I got me All Star jersey. I got me World Series oh, jersey up there. Nice. There she is. There she, there is. she nice. is. And I got the All Star jersey over here, but I'd have to rip the cord out and pull the old PC out, so I won't go there. Mate, but, looks like um, it looks like yeah. you're running a looks like you're running a call center there. Ah, oh, mate, I am. <laughs> I am, mate. 13, 13, 32. <laughs> yeah, that's the number. There we go. <laughs> the open line number. Open line. <laughs> so, anyway, so you go to double A and just absolutely dominate. I remember because you and I obviously were pretty tight at that point, so we would talk all the time on the phone. Yeah. I kept looking up, you know, going to baseball reference, going, uh, is he giving up a run yet? <laughs> it was ridiculous. Yeah, yeah I mean, I, put, I did put up some good numbers. You know, I had, um, I can't remember. I had, Ton of punches. I think I was punching out two and eating every time I went out there. Honestly, yeah, yeah. didn't last long. I was only there for about three and a half weeks. <laughs> yeah. I said, "Right, eh? time to get you out of here and get off you up to AAA." Yeah, off after your, Jersey played. Yeah, after Jersey <laughs> played, mate. Back your bags, Jersey. let's go. Yeah, yeah. So I was essentially I was in, got uh, taken up the reserve grade, which I was pretty reserve. happy about. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, yeah, Again, most of the yeah. people, most of the, the 36.2 million people listening to this podcast are from the yeah. States. <laughs> so, so, Absolute clue what we're talking about. Yeah. Basically, if Jersey flag and reserve grade are just divisions underneath the first, well, the NRL, National Rugby League, it's kind of like the minor league. So that's what we're referring to. Anyway, but um, we, we're just with that, mate. And this is the story, you know, you, you tell kids, you know, you've come and coached with us in October. You had that chance. It was awesome, man. These kids left with like, you know, just a huge, just new respect to you. And, and you know, when you went to double A, it can go two ways because I've seen it happen before. Guys in your shoes, you know, they're pitching the playoffs. 
a couple of years in the show, they go back to double A. You can take that and just be, you know, bitter, bitter Bob the whole time and just your career can just do this, right? So there oh, must have been those moments though when you were in double A or even when you went to triple A after that three or four weeks. Because here's the thing, man. You're, you're, you're with a team, the Brewers, who, and I'll be honest with you, lucky that year they were, they were you know, having a crack at the playoffs, right? Yeah, so yeah, yeah. they needed to win. If they were a rebuilding team, if you went off to a team that was rebuilding, they're just going to call up every young prospect. You see that yeah. all the time, you know? Yeah. And so you were dominating. But you can go two ways, dude. Like, you can go down to AA or AAA and just be salty and just be like, you know, have that that mindset but what was there must have been times there where you were questioning what was going on or where your future was looking like in playing baseball right especially after the, the two yeah. years off a of shoulder and elbow yeah definitely you know it's um you know you have that dream of coming over and playing and you, and you never want to give up on it so you just um yeah i kept telling myself just keep keep on keep it on and eventually you know you know one of these days i'll get back in the big leagues yeah. And um, you do. There's days where you question yourself. You wonder if you're going to get that call up. Are they going to call you up? But um, I think, as we all know, if you put up the numbers and show show some big numbers, eventually someone's going to see that. You know yeah. what I mean? Whether it was them or someone else. You know, I had teams from Korea and Japan and whatnot sort of knocking on the door at that time when you're in the minor leagues, wanting to try and snuggle you up and take you over there. But... Um, Luckily for me, by uh, by the summer there, I'd really just you know sort of did the same thing as I was in Double A AA and Triple A with the Brewers. I was tearing it up there in Nashville and um, yeah. with the sounds, and uh, they gave me the call, mate, and uh, got called up and spent two weeks there in Milwaukee, and then I was in um, St. Louis. I know I was out running poles in St. Louis, about 145 degrees, I think. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and. Uh, it was bloody smoking up on that field, I tell you. Yeah. And uh, I think I think I did one pole and I was done. And uh, <laughs> anyway, I came inside. And the bloke said, "All right, I need you to go into the uh, the manager's office." What's going on here? You know, get shipped out or what? So I, I didn't know. You know, a lot of things had happened. Um, so I went in the office and they said, "Oh, you've been traded to the Tampa Bay Devil Rays at the time." Back a yeah. year up, you're uh, heading out on the flight tomorrow morning. So, there you go. Hey, by the way, speaking of that, the running, and you said you just ran the one pole. I'm calling bullshit on that because didn't you still hold this the record for the Twins with the – is it a mile and a half run? <laughs> yeah, they used to do the uh, mile and a half and the – what was it? The two and a half mile and the, and the uh, one mile run. Yeah. You had to like, do both. Yeah, well, they did them back-to-back days. Ah, man. So I used to come in just free training. I think I, I, I had the record at 12 minutes 30 on the two and a half. So I was going five and a half clicks a mile. <laughs> <laughs> Which, mind you, I think close to one record of time these days. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but, yeah, I, you know, I don't want to say I was a bit of a gazelle back then, but yeah, I went all right. <laughs> yeah, but see... <laughs> You're being, yeah, you're being pretty modest here, mate. I've, I've worked out with you before. I'll never forget, you drove up. We had a whole, and again, you're super OCD, so you had the whole, the whole afternoon planned. You drove up from Sydney up to Newcastle, two-hour drive up, and you're going to stay the night. We're gonna, this is what we're going to do. I'll never forget, because you, you basically planned out the whole afternoon. I don't know if you remember this. It was come up, go to the gym, go work out, go throw, 
go for a swim at the beach <laughs> and then and then go grab grab go grab dinner and then and then we're going to go out that night right make a yeah. whole make a whole the whole the whole thing was planned yeah. and i don't forget you pull up out the front my sister was in the house i said as soon as he walks in tell him he looks skinny <laughs> <laughs> And she's like, no, nah, I'm not saying that. I don't know him that well. I said, just do it, you know? Yeah. So you, you, rock, you, you rock up to the house and, and you knock on the door and she's like, yeah, oh, how you doing? You know, Steph, she's sitting there. How you doing, Grant? Oh, good, making small talk. She's like, oh, by the way, you know, Ryan told me to tell you, oh, you look skinny. That, that's uh, how it went down, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we walk out of the house. As soon as we get in the car, right? And again, you are super OCD. So you, you said to me, you're like, oh, yeah, do I look smaller? Like, do I look a bit smaller? So I'm in your head. <laughs> Mate, I'm swimming backstroke in your head at this point. I'm like, no, mate, I was just messing around. You look, yeah, you, know, you look good. You look like you're in shape, and uh, you know, you've always been in good shape the whole thing. And then uh, so we go out, and the first, is, I'll take that back. The first thing we're going to go, we're going to go throw. So we're throwing, and you're like, oh, I feel like I'm smaller. This and that, I'm like, mate, I was just kidding. It was just one comment. We end up going to the gym for two and a half hours. I was done. What's in their benching? I was like, there he goes. That was down by the water there. That was a top spot too. Yeah, it was nice. It was real, yeah, right there on the harbour. Yeah, it was nice. Newcastle, big shout out. If you if you haven't been, go. Anyway, Australia's best kept secret. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fly Qantas. Anyway, so then, uh, so there goes the afternoon. We're already like pushing back to swim at the beach, the whole thing, whatever. And then I catch you with some of my mates down the end of the table we're having dinner. And I can hear you asking, hey, do I look smaller? I'm like, you've got... <laughs> But it, it's it's ridiculous. I, all, I used to hear stories, tales of you, you know, before I knew, especially from your dad too. Your dad was obviously really proud of proud of you. Saying, mate, no one outworks Grant. I'll tell you right now, mate, he's a hard worker. And so I was like, man, I need to, I need to get my shit together here and start working out. But um, yeah. You know, so it was just funny. You mentioned that. Oh, I just run the one pole. I doubt it, mate. You was pr- probably twelve poles deep at that point. Uh, mate, I, I might have been. I don't know. Can't remember. <laughs> But yeah, I, I do remember those um, those days with the twins. I got to admit, I would uh, in the off season. I'd just run by myself. I'd go out at night and go for a run after yeah. cool down. Yeah, you know, get a nice westerly. <laughs> a bit cooler. <laughs> I'd go for a jog. Nice ocean I, I was, yeah, mate, it was beautiful. And I must admit, I did. I used to, uh, I used to go for a run. I'd start out, and then I'd, I'd time myself. I was I was on the clock, so I was pushing myself. And I'd be out on the street running, and it had no one behind me, no one to chase me or race against. So I used to tell myself that some bloke was right behind me. I had it in my head. Bloke was right behind me. I'm like, come on, come on, mate. Right. <laughs> you do it. I'd push myself. I'd tell myself mentally like that. Uh, yeah, yeah. So I was, yeah, I was a little bit uh, crazy like that, but yeah, I enjoyed, I enjoyed the challenge, mate. Yeah, so, no, it, and it, honestly, mate, it helped me out massively, physically, mentally. There was always times where if I was going through, you know, a rut or I was second guessing myself, whatever. First person I'm calling is you. And you just, you had that thing about, you still do, obviously. You, you have that, that presence about you where you walk in and boom, you're basically controlling the room or controlling, you know, when you're pitching, right? That whole, the whole bowel rage thing that I get asked about all the time. You know, where does that come from? Where does that come from, dude? Having this, this when, you're, when you're pitching, because it wasn't your whole career you're like that. Maybe inside you felt that way, but, but all that yeah. emotion, where'd that come from? I think it came from when I actually got hurt and I had a lot of doubters, you know? Yeah. A lot of people that doubted me that I couldn't come back and I couldn't do it and do this. 
I've kind of enjoyed it. Some that's kind of what pushed me and drove me to to want to do it. If someone yeah. tells me I can't do something, I'm going to go out there and try to prove them wrong. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, and uh, I don't really need to say anything. I just need to go out there and do it. And um, I think that's what I did, and I think that's really what motivated me a lot too. And uh, you know, I appreciate all the help that I got from all the the trainers and people that helped me rehab and, and get back to where I got to. For sure, there was a ton of work that was done. Um, but, uh, mentally, I think it made me a lot stronger when I came back to the game Yeah, and, um, there was, there was a part of me that was, you know, definitely felt a little bitterness to a few things that I'd heard here and there. Yeah. I was like, all right, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to show these people that I still got something in the tank and I, and I can really you know, be, be someone again. Yeah. And when I did come back, I told myself, you know, do I just want to be in the big leagues? I got to the big leagues. Do I just want to be in the big leagues? I was there for a little bit. Mm. I want to make something of myself. I want to be one of the best relievers in this game. And I tried to challenge myself to be one of the best and looked up to the best. And lucky for me, I had guys like Joe Nathan that I got to pitch with in the right. bullpen. Yeah. And uh, like with Troy Hawkins, these guys, and Eddie Gordado, like guys that were established and very good relievers in the game. So um, yeah. I tried to challenge myself to be one of the best for sure after that. Did you, you know, you signed for 15,000 bucks, right? Yeah, still Canada. got it. Still got it. Nice. <laughs> no, no, I, I blew, it, blew it on Holden Calais. <laughs> <laughs> what, what's your, lot, mate. What, what's, lot, man. what's the equivalent over here in the States? Because doesn't GM own Holden now? Holden, by the way, for those yeah. of you who don't know, is an Australian car company, which has been bought out by GM, right? Yeah, it's GM, yeah. I mean, it's basically like owning a, a Pontiac GTO. There you go, yes. All right, yeah. You blew it on that. For all you redheads. <laughs> <laughs> so you, okay. Did you have, so when you had that, you came over signed for 15 Gs and, you know, did you have that back then coming up in the minor leagues too? I had that back in Australia. So I just used to keep it at my parents' place. No, I'm talking about, spending- I'm, I'm oh. talking about, I'm talking about just that, that mentality. The same one you oh, had when sorry. you, when you had all those, you know, people doubting you. Um, after the surgeries, when you came back, and, and the days when you were with the, the Rays and the, and the Oakland days, which everyone remembers you by, really, when you think about it. I mean, there's yeah. a little, you know, what's that little rage gnome? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I got it up in the, up in the shelf there, mate. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that whole, yeah, that's, that's how people remember you. I mean, you're a household name in the game, right? And obviously, you've had such a good career, 10-plus years. Hey, by the way, speaking of that, what do you get when you get 10 years in the big leagues? They give you something. What is that? Um, I think he slap on the back. Nice job. <laughs> no, I mean it's um they give you the gold card after eight eight solid gotcha. eight four years. Eight you years. get the gold. Yeah, you get the gold card and you can go to a couple of games a year and whatnot. You yeah, know, they let you in. <laughs> yeah, you show up at the door there and you can basically go to any stadium right. in the league and, and gotcha. they gotta give you two two free tickets and um uh, just quietly, I snuck into a few games here in Dunedin, a few spring training games with it. So it yeah, works, right. works a treat, mate. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, so going back to you know that kind of that second phase and, and that, that phase that everyone remembers you by, you get, tra- you get traded to Tampa Bay, and that was 2007. They weren't good at that point. I remember, I never forget this. It, it was awesome because you were in the American League, and I was in the big leagues at that point. You come to Seattle, and we're sitting in the bullpens making faces and being complete idiots across from the, from the bullpen, yeah. just you know, being bogans and carrying on like idiots. But um, I remember you said to me, go, hey, man, this team, this is a stud team. And that was Tampa Bay in 2007. And I was like, eh, well, 
I don't see it. And you're like, no, no, there's a lot of young players. And I'm here in Seattle right now. They're, they're in a situation, obviously, they're rebuilding, the Mariners are. And one thing that sort of catches on, I think this is the same, and you can correct me if I'm wrong here, but that Tampa Bay team, all those young, that young core of players that you see teams rebuilding all the time now and everything else, they'd all played with each other back in the minor leagues, right? For the most yeah. part, that young core of players, they all knew each other. 2008 rolls around, and you guys would. I mean, you, you, it was completely flicked the switch. What what was going on in 2008? So, you know, these blokes, yeah, I, most of these blokes, like you said, they've been in the minor leagues together and they've had some really uh, tough years at Debray Debray. So, they got a lot of first-round picks. they got a lot of talent. There's, you know, there's a ton of guys there with a ton of talent who are kind of just getting their feet wet in the big leagues at this time. So, that's what I could see. I could see, man, these, these guys can be good, you know. And, um, yeah, it was, uh, you know, just a lot, of, a lot of big names to me, you know, like I said, from the draft and whatnot. And uh, it, it was just a matter of all just kind of getting some time and getting that confidence, I think, and putting it all together. And um, 2008 was just, it was just a total turnaround. I think Joe Madden came in and really just got the mindset right. You know, everyone was sort of coming off a 96 uh, season loss. And we sort of tried to simplify it with a nine equals eight yeah. type thing. So it was going to be uh, nine more games from each offense, defense, and pitching. I'm going to try to simplify it. So the 27 games that we're going to try to win, it's going to yeah. be nine here, nine here, and nine here. So it didn't sound like this huge number all of a sudden. So everyone really bought into it. The whole team, you know, really bonded really well in spring training. Uh, I think we actually won the Grapefruit League here in spring training, which doesn't mean much yeah. um, to most baseball fans and everyone knows that. But when you're a team that doesn't have a lot of success to win the Grapefruit League and then go into the season, we kind of were on a bit of a roll. Yeah. So, okay. So do you believe, and this is something that you can't really measure it, you know, team chemistry. You've been on some teams that have, have you know, the Twins, A's, and Tampa Bay who have played in have played in the playoffs and had some success one of them going to the World Series do you put a lot of stock in team chemistry definitely yeah I definitely believe that um, you know I've been on some teams where there's a lot of talent but um, I've also been on teams where guys have just got each other's backs and they're playing for each other day in day out not just yeah. playing for yourself and your individual stats and um, I think when you when you do that and I've learned that as a player you know, when you play for the team, you go out and take the ball, and you're not just playing for individual stats. You're going to find that you end up being a better player yourself. Yeah. And um, you're going to excel. So, that definitely shows. And, and, you know, Joe Madden, I've asked you a lot about him in the past. What, what do you think separated him as far as, like, a leader? I mean, not so much just, you know, you've had people in leadership roles, obviously <laughs> managers and GMs and stuff like that. But for him, what, what do you think separates him? Why does he have so much success, you know, obviously with the, with the Cubs? He's now with the Angels. Who knows how he's going to do with, with them? They've got a pretty stud team. And with the Rays, what is it with him, do you think, that he does differently or something that stands out to you? I think he, he shows a lot of belief in the players that he's got, a lot of trust. He puts you into good situations. He puts you into situations where he feels you, um, you can succeed too. You know, He doesn't want to put you in situations where he feels like, you know, you're going to go out there and fail in that situation. You know yeah. what I mean? He really tries to match you up in situations where you're going to succeed 
And, um, yeah, he had a lot of trust and a lot of faith in his players. And, uh, you know, I feel like he's a really good players manager. Uh, and guys, you know, guys have a lot of trust in him. And uh, it's one of those guys that you want to go out and play and do well for. So yeah. he's an intelligent guy, uh, very intelligent. And, um, you know, he knows his way around the game. Hey, um, and someone asked me, they, they've dying for me to ask you about this. And I've asked you about it a million times. There's, there's a couple instances. Obviously, you, you're pretty fired up on the mound. People can take that the wrong way. Orlando Cabrera. And I, I, want, I want to talk to you about this because you and I were at the Hall of Fame at Cooperstown last year. And Orlando was there. You yeah. and him, um, and I'll, I'll try and get this clip up. Uh, you and him had a little run-in. Uh, he was with the White Sox. You were the Rays. That was in, I think it was the American League Championship Series. Yeah. Uh, I'm pretty sure, I think the bases were loaded too. And uh, you, you're doing your thing, the whole Balfrage thing. He didn't like it. Talk us, talk us through that, dude. What, what, went, what went down then? So I was, um, yeah, we were playing the White Sox. Uh, it was, uh, from memory, it was a three to one. We were up three to one. And Shields, Shields was in the game. He's in a little bit of trouble. And, Deep into the game, though. He's got into the seventh. And, um, yeah, it was three to one. We were up. Like I said, it was the first playoffs for the Rays. Any success we'd ever had. And, um, yeah, there's a load of bases. Uh, there's one out. And I came in and I struck out a rebate. So, big strikeout. Two yeah. outs now. And, um, yeah, and up comes Orlando Cabrera. Load of bases now with two outs. And I threw the first pitch down and away. And then I look down there and he's, I see this big cloud of dust coming out. <laughs> That's right, yeah. <laughs> he, kicked the, he kicked the dirt at me and he was yelling, yelling out at me, so-and-so challenged me, you know? I was like, what? You little kid, aren't you? <laughs> 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 there we go. Go on, mate. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So uh, we were into it. You know, we had a few words and whatnot. And um, I jumped back up on the mound and, I just went straight heaters, mate. I didn't mess around with sliders, nothing. Just went right. straight heaters. <laughs> but screw this bloke. You know, if he's going to have a go at me, I'm, I'm going to rip right into him. And, you, uh, do, do you ever feel like, though, when that happens, it, 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 it can throw you off your game? Or, or is that uh, something that just lifts you? Nah, mate. I, mate, you rattled the wrong case, mate, I tell you. <laughs> I was loving it. Um, as soon as you did that, uh, I just went... I just went off my rocker and punched him. He was in there and punched him out. And as soon as I punched him out, to this day, I remember seeing videos. I just pointed at the dugout. I was like, go sit the fuck down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was good, yeah, I was good about that too. Because AJ Pazinski was – he. you walked down the first baseline. He was standing there. He yeah. kind of like stuck his chest out for two seconds. But the yeah. minute he got, kind of got close, he just kind of went small and started walking back the other way. <laughs> it was gold, uh, dude. I know AJ uh, from the Twins days. And, yeah. Yeah, he was, he, I've known him for a long time. Yeah. He's yeah. Great. Now, people can take him the wrong way too. They could be wrong. But yeah. um, I've always got along great with him. And so, um, no, no dramas. And then the, <laughs> <laughs> and then the same thing happened. Obviously, you, you go over with the A's um, and you guys are having some successful years. But the same thing happened. First of all, I remember the Orlando Cabrera, I was sitting in, in a, um, a doctor's, um, what do you call it, like waiting room, you know, yeah. whatever. And I'm sitting there, the game was on TV. And I'm like, oh man, like this, you know, so I'm sort of watching yeah. in front of me because it's quite death, deathly quiet. And the whole, yeah. I see the cloud of dust too, or Cabrera throw it. And I'm like, oh, all of a sudden I'm all like this, like this. 
And I'm like doing, yeah, like this. And I had to explain to the people sitting in the chairs next to me. They're like yeah. looking at me like, you, you all right? Yeah, <laughs> I was like, sick, mate. I was yeah, like, I, <laughs> I, was like, yeah, I know this girl. guy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I had the sniffles. I was going to say, mate, maybe you did need some medicine, mate. Yeah. <laughs> But I'm sitting there going, oh, I know this guy. He's one of my mates like this. Like, oh, yeah. Like, it was so funny. Like, it was hilarious. But, um, and then the same thing happened a few years later with uh, Victor Martinez. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, what, so t- talk us through that one too because this one was good. This one where the whole – everyone came – you know, it nearly came to a head. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, matey. You know, I threw a picture in the playoffs once again, and it's it's just heated. It's emotional, and you know, you're into it. There's there's yeah. no better feeling than pitching in the playoffs. That's for sure. You know, and um, yeah, I threw a pitch, and next thing you know, I you know, I had my head down. I looked back up, and I was trying to find where the ball was at first. And I looked back, and the guy was staring at me. I was like, "What are you looking at?" Yeah, you know, a couple of other words, and. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But usually, yeah, you swing the yeah, bat. The mic, where it goes. The um, the crowd microphone or the field microphone picked it up too. I remember because oh, yeah. ESPN or whatever, whoever was that was scrambling to try and like <laughs> mute it yeah, out. trying to mute it, but it was too late. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, he, uh, so there was a few words back and forth, and then we ended up, you know, getting after it a little bit there. But um, you know, as they always do, the uh, umpires get in the way. So that one. Do you um, <laughs> you do you did you speak to Victor Martinez after that, at all ever? Uh, mate, I haven't said boo to him. <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, I was on the All Star team with him one year, and right. uh, no, I just think I gave him a head bob. But uh, give him a what's up. <laughs> so, so there's nothing. So, because I know Orlando uh, Cabrera, was that the first time when I saw you? Because I remember Orlando Cabrera was there. I was like, oh man. I, I, I kind of yeah. I didn't even put two and two together. Did he he brought it up to you? Didn't he? Is a all good or yeah. something? Did he make a comment yeah. to you? Yeah, he brought it up and he had a laugh and he, he yeah. I mean, didn't he's a good dude, mate. Yeah, yeah, he's a good bloke. Yeah, yeah. he seems like yeah. a good bloke. Yeah, and nothing against <laughs> nothing. <laughs> yeah, top bloke, mate. Yeah, yeah. Um, and nothing against Victor Martinez. I just you know it, nah. it's always one of these things like if it's super awkward because you're going to come across your paths going to cross either on the field afterwards. What about like when you're facing these guys the next year or two months later or whatever? Well, that's was playoffs. But like, let's say it's the next season, you're facing each other. Is there is there any kind of avoidance of making eye contact, or are you trying to make eye contact, or anything like that? Oh man, you know, some people can get under your skin a little bit, and it just kind of <laughs> revs you up a little bit, and just brings your game up a little bit. So you, know, you just use it. You just kind of use that fire as fuel. You know, yeah. I try to center it. I use that fire as fuel and try to center it. And I really just try to focus really, yeah. really with it. Turn that into focus, hard focus. That's what I did a lot. Was really turn it in that just aggression into yeah. that focus and channel it. And really, uh, really helped me. Yeah, I feel like, you know, in those situations with, you know, him or, you know, Cabrera, they're basically doing you a favor when they do that. Yeah, right? uh, most definitely. And, and, and honestly, there's, there's some blokes out there that, you know, they probably 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 enjoyed it too, coming off of me. I mean, they, trust yeah. me, there's some there's a lot of batters out there that um, love the competition. Yeah, so, yeah. You know, you got you got I guess got to know who who to sort of work with. You know, what was your you know you had ten plus years in the big leagues. What was your what was your favorite year personally, or if it was with a team, with a with a group of guys? What was your favorite year? Favorite year is a tough one. Um, 
you know, obviously getting the first call up, that's just an amazing feeling. To get that first call up, and to get that weight off your back and feel like, man, you know what? I've got that call. I'm a big leaguer. I'm like, no yeah. one can ever take that away from me. Hey, by the uh, way, I, I got that call up, went up and didn't pitch. So I went up, uh, I'm like, oh, I'm a big leaguer. Went yeah. up, didn't pitch, got sent back down. I'm like, oh, man, that's going to be me, dude. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm going to be like that dude telling kids, oh, I play in the big leagues, but there's no, there's no numbers to back it up. Where did that call yeah. – talk us through that call up. Where was that at? So I actually got called up from AA um, back with the Twins. So I um, – I actually didn't spend a lot of, when I think about it now, I was in high A, started closing after starting all throughout my minor career. Uh, closed the, the second half of high A. I went to double A the next year. I was there for two and a half months closing. And I got caught up to the big leagues. So I was like, man, I'm on the fast track here, you know, pretty good. Yeah. Skip, skip half a double A, skip triple A in the big leagues. Right. But um, I get called up and guess who I got called up against, mate, in 2001. Have a guess. Seattle Mariners, mate. That's right. That's right. Seattle yeah, Mariners. They're pretty up, decent. They're pretty decent. Mate, they just quietly, 116 wins. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, so I contributed to that. <laughs> <laughs> for, for all you Mariners fans, <laughs> listening up there. But um, but yeah, so I came in and uh, actually actually felt like I threw the ball all right that year. But uh, they they basically hit everything and everyone. They were pretty good. You know, yeah. I mean, they, had a, they had a pretty good squad. Yeah. So that was Ichiro's first year. Yeah, that's right. Uh, rookie of the year, MVP, the whole nine. So he was, you know, he dropped a butt down on me in Minnesota on that snooker table that they had. And, mate, <laughs> I tell you what, it was all over. It was like eight ball corner pocket, mate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was, uh, he ran like the wind, that bloke. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, yeah, dude. I mean, they're, they're re-airing games from 2001, 95, you know, and you're like, man, this team was ridiculous. You know? Yeah, they were. they were. They were very good. So um, I ended up pitching twice against Seattle. It's funny. I came up, pitched in Minnesota against Seattle. I went to Seattle, pitched against Seattle. And in the nine days I was in the big leagues, that's all I did. I pitched yeah. twice. I think in Seattle, <laughs> the best team in baseball. I'm like, jeez, yeah. not, nothing like throwing you in the fire. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, they ended up back in the minor leagues in AAA because they, they made some trades and, right. and whatnot. So. You, um, what, what do you feel like, you know, and again, I've heard you talk to, to you know, 16-year-olds a lot more candidly than probably going to talk about here because, you know, you're trying to, you know, but if you've got a 16-year-old Australian kid, you're trying to fire him up, right? And, uh, it, I mean, and by the way, dude, that was having you and Trent, um, you know, Josh Spence, Tyrell Harris, having all those guys. I remember we had last October, and just just to, you know, for people listening, we had a bunch of Australian kids. We're trying to get into D1 schools, and um, you know, or, or sign professionally. So we bring them all to the to Arizona in October, and it's Trent, myself, Next Gen Baseball, and I kept telling. I've told Trent this since we started this in 2016. I'm like, We've got to get Grant on board somehow. And earlier that year, you came over with a, with we had a group of 13 um, year old kids. But in October, mate, you were there and you actually had to leave because you had to get through the first pitch out at a playoff game uh, for the Rays, um, ceremonial first pitch, which, by the way, you're like, oh, man, I've just gotten asked to throw this pitch. I'm like, dude, leave. Like, you know, screw these kids. No, but you, you, had, to, you had to take off. But it's amazing, mate. So I, I'm still talking to these kids and they're like, oh, you know, what, what's Grant up to? You know, is Grant coming back? Because we sat in a conference room with these kids. We had to go. We had to go do like some tour of some facility or something. 
And you were talking and these kids, man, I'll never forget it. I'm sitting there listening to this story. You spoke for like a good hour and a half and our schedule has been completely you know, thrown out. But it was so good. It was so awesome. But, Mate, I, can ramble, I can ramble on with the best of them. Right, me too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, we both can, that's for sure. What do you feel like in your career, you went through this stage where you got to the big leagues and you, you powered on through, you know, you got to the big leagues pretty early. Then you had the setbacks, obviously, with the injuries. And everyone can go, oh, well, he was injured. That's why he wasn't pitching in the big leagues. But at the same time, you come back from, and we talked about this earlier, the shoulder and elbow. Chances of you coming back and doing what you did after that is amazing. Like, it's an amazing you know, feat to be able to do that in that second chapter of your career. What separates you, That's do fine. you think? Oh, you're welcome. Oh, you're welcome, mate. We'll end on that. I'll see you later. <laughs> <laughs> But what, what do you feel like separates you to, to the rest of the pack? Because you've, just like me, man, we've seen double A, triple A, there's a bunch of studs. And you're like, how is he not pitching the big leagues? What do you feel like separated you and have the career you did? It was all about the mindset for me. It was all about, you know, I told myself, look, I might not have the skills that a few of these blokes have got here, but I was always going to outwork everybody. That was just my mindset. I was always just... I stuck my mind to something and I was going to chase it and I was going to go after it. No one yeah. was going to tell me I couldn't do it. And people that told me I couldn't do it, they were just, like I said, fueling the fire just for me to do it. And, um, yeah, I mean, it could have gone the other way. You never know. Um, maybe the luck was in my corner with the right people. I don't know. And, but I, I always told myself, I just got to work hard, work hard, work hard, stay with it and uh, continue to do the best I can every day. And uh, I told myself, I, I think if I do that, um, you know, I know I can get better and better and better. And um, don't just rely on your skill set all the time. You know what I mean? So yeah. we've seen, like we said, we've seen some guys that, you know, they throw 95, they do this, they do that. They think that's going to get me there and that's, I'm going to stay there. But there's a lot more to it than that. I think you see when you, when you get to the big leagues, you've got to find that routine that works for you. Work hard, have the routine, have the right mindset, take care of yourself as a player. You know, eat the right foods, yeah. do the right things, and uh, learn about the game, understand the game, love the game, be a great teammate. Yeah. You know, just so many different things. You know, one other thing I noticed you do as well, and, and you tried to help me out when my career was, you know, in a bit of a rut. And, and I found this out later on. I want to tell a story about David, what David Force said to me from the A's. But one thing you do, you, you used to take matters into your own hands. So if there's a situation where, I mean, at that point, you used you know, you're already in the big leagues established dude, but you're still walking in. If you didn't get, if there was a save opportunity, you weren't getting it. You wouldn't sit back and, and, you know, basically tell teammates, oh yeah, this is bullshit. You'd basically walk into Bob Melvin's office and basically d demand an answer, right? And say, why am I not pitching right now? There was a few times when I, I wondered why well, I wasn't, you know, in that situation. You know, I, I mean, I just, I know that there's, there's ways people want to do things. And they've got ideas about ways, but um, yeah. you know, when I, when I was in that mindset and I, and I had that consecutive run going there with open forty four straight saves, I felt like I had earned that. So yeah, to not get an opportunity when there was one there, and knowing that I, you know I was ready to go and pitch that day, um, yeah, I think I, I do remember an instance in Texas I probably shouldn't talk about, but um, I believe that the basically the phone line between the dugout and um, and the bullpen got, got shortened. So, <laughs> a, little bit of, uh, a little bit of an issue trying to get contact between 
who was going to pitch that in. So I think it reverted to the walkie-talkies. But, um, but yeah, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> well, we'll, we'll, leave, we'll leave it at that. But um, and, and with just that story with David Foster, I don't forget, I was with the Astros, I got DFA'd. And you're like, oh, let, let me call. You basically, no one, no one does this, right? Everyone thinks, oh, well, there's not, not that big of a deal. No one does this, mate. You were basically, you were with the A's at that point. And, um, and you were calling, actually, 2011. Who were you with in 2011? With A's. Yeah, you were with the A's. That's right. So you were, you were all over the A's. You're like, oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bug them to bring you over here. This because I was a free agent or I was on the waiver wire or something like that. I'll call the Rays as well. You're calling everyone. And you were just calling me like every day. I'm like, and I'm like pretty down and out. And I'm like, yeah, Grant's all good. And I'm thinking to myself, maybe he just text someone at the A's and said, oh, hey, give him a crack or whatever. Years later, I, I run into David Force because we, um, we had a young group of kids coming on the field. And uh, he goes, oh, Ryan, he goes, I feel like, and I said, hey, good to meet you, David. How you doing, mate? The GM of the A's. He goes, oh, I feel like I already know, already know you. I said, why is that? He said, mate, Grant Balfour, when you were DFA'd by the Astros, bugged me, was banging down my door every day to say, bring him over here. And I, I appreciate <laughs> that, mate. I, I just I want to say thank you for that. But I'm like, I, I said to Amanda, you know, my wife who was, you know, right next to me, I said, can you believe, who does that? Who, who does that? I mean, and it, it was, it was, again, I just feel like with you, one thing that you do really well is you don't sit back and, you know, bitch about anything. And that's something Bob Melvin, any running you have, he's got to love that from a player as opposed to someone who just at batting practice sits there and, and complains to the teammates that he's not pitching or didn't get the save. You going in, forcing that action to walk into an office I mean, he's got to look back and go, yeah, love, I, love, I love that, right? I mean... <laughs> yeah, I guess sometimes it can get you in trouble. Vocalise, <laughs> vocalise things too much can get you in trouble. But, right. you know, I wore my heart on my sleeve, mate. And I, I wanted, you know, I wanted every opportunity. I wanted the ball. I wanted him to know that, you know, how much I wanted it. And, yeah. um, you know, I wasn't trying to be selfish. I, I thought at that point I'd end it. So, yeah. anyway. Yeah, well, anyway, mate, this has been a blast. What time is it? it it's getting it's tea time over there, isn't it? Oh, yeah, well, better put the almost put the kids to bed, mate. <laughs> is there any footy uh, on the TV? Oh, uh, mate, there, there will be soon. I'm going to have a, go a lay down, mate. It's been a long day. <laughs> well, mate, this has been awesome. Hopefully, um, we can get back on and, and uh, do this uh, again next couple mate, of weeks. I'd love to. Mate, yeah, I'd love to. There's definitely plenty more to talk about. Oh, yeah, um, for sure. Plenty of highlights of my career I'd love to share from yeah. uh, playoffs and World Series and, and all kinds of stuff. And, um, yeah, there's some great times in baseball, so I'd definitely love to share it. It was fun, dude. Right, Thanks. Mate. Yeah, awesome to be on yeah. and uh, look forward to seeing you again soon, mate. Sounds good. Sounds good, buddy. Hey, <laughs> Thanks for tuning into this episode of the Top 7. Make sure you click that subscribe button down below or visit www.thetopstep.com. Now, coming up on future episodes, I get a chance to sit down with a guy who apparently everyone tells me I was supposed to have met years ago, uh, but uh, we have a lot of fun. His name is John Ryan, the punter for the Seahawks. He's been to Super Bowls. He's been on American Ninja Warrior. He's married to a celebrity. It's a lot of fun. We uh, sit down and have a great chat. So don't miss that episode next week. And make sure you get to that website. Click, click subscribe. Get to the YouTube channel, the Facebook page. Thanks for tuning in, guys. We'll catch you next week on the Top Step.